This episode of the Stakers and Scuffs podcast with Cam K and Graydon Bunn has been presented by our friend Remax Jack. If you are looking to sell or buy within the GTA, Remax Jack is the person to go to. He's who Cam K trusts in his search for his next home, and he should be yours as well. Check him out at remaxjack.ca. Hello, everybody. This is Cam K, Graydon Bunn of the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. We are back this week with our very special guest. He drives a 31 for MBS Motorsports. There's probably like 30 sponsors on that car, so uh, it's hard to remember all of them. But we are really we'll privileged. Yeah, we're really privileged to uh, to welcome back to the, the show. It's been a while. Uh, Daniel Bois is back on the show. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us after some pretty fun races so far this season. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I'm excited to be back. It's uh, always good to chat and tell some stories and uh, have some fun. We definitely have to tell some stories, man, because when we had you on before uh, our good buddy, Graydon was on vacation. So he wasn't able to be a part of the show. Uh, I know he's been itching to get you on the show and to chat with you because you have been, uh, you know what? Overall, that the whole story of MBS Motorsports is just remarkable. And to see the amount of support and the fans that you have at the racetrack. I mean, I thought there was a lot in uh, CTMP. And then I saw Toronto. And you were the only team that had a cheering section when you drove back and you came back into the garage. That must have been cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. It's uh, amazing the amount of support we had by having three different owners in the team. Each owner has family, friends, business partners that they've dealt with for years, and everybody just comes out. And then in the drivers, or sorry, in the autograph session, we had hundreds of people come up and say that they love what we're doing. So we told them where to sit. They, all of them got together. We had one, one guy kind of orchestrating the MBS chant. And it uh, turned into an MBS grandstand, essentially. I'm just sad I didn't get a chance to hear it because I was strapped into the car waiting for uh, driver intros and things like that. But uh, my wife was up there and she told me it was quite spectacular. At first, she couldn't understand what they were saying. And then somebody explained it to her. And uh, it, it was pretty good. It's got to be a great feeling for one coming like being able to give your team a shout out and stuff but i mean in terms of solid performances you guys are are batting a thousand this season tell us about mbs motorsports and and what the the 2022 goals are and are you exceeding them and have you set more of them yeah it's uh if you talk to different people on the team they'll give you different answers so right for, for me personally, I'm really competitive. I'm, I'm frustrated with both of our finishes, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I think personally, I felt like I could 
I could run up front or near the front uh, in both races and felt very comfortable there. Um, and then the finishes just didn't happen for me. And so I'm, I'm frustrated by that because I want to give the team better finishes. Mm-hmm. Now the team, the owners, they're over the moon, excited and happy about just how well we're running. And mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, from following the series for so long, that is very rare to have, you know, a team that is hundred percent rookies, like none of these guys that, uh, are on the team or the ownership group have had anything to do with this style of motorsports before. Um, we have a crew chief, Jay Fredericks, who's got a lot of experience with TA2. He's, ha- he's got some Pinty's experience as well. So we do have a very good crew chief on that side. Um, so, you know, I-, I expect the car to be good and I feel like I should be good. Um, but from the rest of the team, we're, they're complete rookies. And for us to be running as well as we are, um, it, you know, kind of doesn't usually happen every day, right? You usually need to be a rent to ride with one of the big teams or, uh, yeah, essentially be one of the big teams. So it's a, it's a nice feeling. It has to be. And I mean, that's the thing for, for fans like Cam and I, and, and so many of us that, that tune into us that we're really thankful for. I mean, we understand what's happening with this MBS team. Like you said, this, this shouldn't necessarily happen the way this is happening. And, and you've been really great with your time after the race is talking to us and, and we can tell I wasn't there for the Toronto race, but I mean, we can tell when, I mean, you, you gave a great interview and, and, but we know you wanted more, you, you were hoping for more. And that's just, like you said, being a, a competitive driver that you are, um, you're always digging for more and uh, you're looking forward to your next race. Do you, do you know when that is for sure? Yeah, we, uh, we plan on running CTMP um, yeah. in, uh, on Labor Day weekend. And, uh, you know, a, as a team, we were thinking about doing Trois-Rivières. Um, that was something that was definitely um, on the table. But uh, again, that's what I was to- fishing for. Yeah, being such a small, <laughs> being such a small team, uh, you know, we only have one motor, one transmission, and the deal we made, I made with these guys when we started to do this program is we weren't going going to spread ourselves thin anywhere. We wanted, if we're going to show up to the track, we don't want any built-in excuses. I if if we show up, we should be able to compete up front, or we shouldn't be showing up, and that was kind of the deal we all made. I said, you know. I I'm kind of later in my career. I'm, I'm getting up there in age now. And I said, I don't have many opportunities in good rides anymore. So I would rather put all of our eggs into CTMP and try to get the best finish possible. The last thing we want is to go to Trois-Rivières, say something happens with a motor or a transmission and we're behind the eight ball for CTMP because obviously CTMP is where I make my living out of. I, I work there as a driver coach and, and run a lot of programs out of there. And I just essentially live there. I spend most of my days of the week there. So uh, if we had a chance to pick one of the two, it would be CTMP and put all our eggs into that basket. Uh, new team, but veteran decisions. It uh, sounds like a good choice. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's something that's very, very interesting because we hear a little bit about this side, this type of decision-making 
in being in the garage and, and having a conversation with you talking about this, um, obviously the decision, and it's, it's obviously not an easy one because GP3R is a huge deal, but mm. making that decision, it, it shows to me, and, and I'm not sure about this, um, and I would imagine this is the idea, but you guys are not in this for one season. You're planning ahead and a future. Is there an outlook that you guys see potentially to be more than just road course and street course and that you will eventually move to ovals? Well, yeah, you know, I get teased almost every day about uh, the last time I had an interview with you guys at CTMP and I, I said I wanted to be on an oval <laughs> and uh, my ownership group rides me every day about that. Hey, you can ask for an oval car today. You know, so we, <laughs> we joke around about that. Um, that is the ultimate goal to do that. But again, we don't want to get the cart before the horse and we, we just want to build progressively and, and the right way. And that all started from, you know, buying the proper car, buying a car from 22 racing, making sure we did all the things the right way. We don't want to just go in, buy a bunch of stuff and some of it might not be any good and then go out there and essentially run like crap. So we want to, we want to build the right way and, and do it the right way. So this year, set out for the we only had set out to do the two races toronto was a a surprise to me and the the ownership group just said that we got to do it let's let's do it um btmp in the fall has always been on the cards and like i said there was talks about trois rivieres and i think we Mm -hmm. just all got together and said like just let's be smart about this and it's the same way we kind of approach the races as well most people have noticed that my style is the kind of you know, first half of the race or first three quarters of the race is to just ride and take care of my tire, take care of my rear tires, take care of my transmission, take care of my brakes and find a group of guys that I trust and I'm comfortable around because I'm learning. I, I, I yep. didn't ever run Toronto before. I had no idea where to shift, nowhere, nowhere to break any of that stuff. So what I did was I picked a couple guys that I know and I trust. So I know I trust Matthew Skinnell. I know I trust uh, Sam Fellows. I know I trust um, DJ Kennington. And these are guys that you know what you're going to get out of them. They're going to race you hard, but they're going to be smart. They're going to be clean. When I started getting around some guys that I didn't really know that well, and they were making moves that to me seemed, you know, little nuts at that point in the race, that's when I backed off again, started taking care of myself. And then with 10 laps to go, my crew chief came over the radio and said, all right, driver, let's see what you got. And that's when I decided to make my move up to the front. And it's calculated risks, just like we're doing with our team. It's time to go. It's time to go. If it's not time to go, take care of your crap. It's, I, I mean, this is, this is a question I, I was looking up as you were talking, because I had to remember back as to where, when you had made your initial starts in this series, I believe it was back 2013 in two yeah. races, you made a, a road course and an oval start. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know it might, it might be a long time to remember Daniel, but how much more competitive is the field now as it was to back then, or is it similar? It's, it's similar, but different to be honest. Um, the caliber of cars now there are more there are more cars that could win races now in my opinion 
Um, and then the, the driver field is very consistent throughout. Um, back in 2013, there were some guys that were heavy hitters, unbelievably fast, but they also had unbelievably fast cars. And there were still guys in 2013 that were running oval cars on the road courses and trying to make a, a, a convert the car. And they just weren't as good. The, the car I drove in 2013, I did the best I could with it. It was a very good, it was a good piece, but it wasn't, it wasn't a road course purpose built car. Um, so I struggled in areas, but there were other areas where the car was quick. A mechanical failure, unfortunately, took us out. Um, but that's racing, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but what I also, where the transition there too was, that was the time when the spec motor was coming in, and the built motors were on their way out. So some guys would run a built motor, and for for those of people that don't really know, and I'm not a mechanic by any means, but from what I understand was the motors were about an inch higher with the built motors. They'd sit an inch higher in the in the car, you know, they were heavier, things like that. Um, but they maybe made a little bit more power. So there was a disparity between cars, motors, and all that. So it was a little bit different back then. Right now, I think almost any of the top 15 to 20 cars are capable of winning a race with the right strategy, right drivers, things like that. So it's definitely one of the most competitive seasons that we've seen. And you talked about being at your very first, and we're going to talk about, you know, CTMP as well, but I'm very curious about that um, Honda Indy Toronto and what it was like to race on the city streets. And not only that is it's, you said it was your first experience driving on that track. So a lot of guys are in the same boat as you. How was that experience? I honestly loved it. I found it suited my style um, of driving um, I find one of my best qualities of, as a driver, some people might say otherwise, um, like people I've worked with before and say, you know, my car control is usually what they see. And, but I've always thought that my shifting and my braking and my downshifting and things like that is where I feel like that's my strong point. Not to say I'm better than anybody else. It just feel like that's what I'm best at. I feel like... Mm -hmm. Through that whole race, I never experienced any wheel hop in the car, uh, any chatter of the rear tires, which is huge. And that's something as I've coached the truck series guys and some of the Xfinity guys over the years is that's my main focus is to teach them how to use the drive, the, the transmission properly and how to properly downshift in one of those cars so you could avoid the wheel hop. And I actually had a bit of a proud moment out there as a guy who's coached people for so many years that I was able to do practice what I preach. I felt like I hit every shift exactly how I wanted to. My braking felt really good. I didn't lose my brakes. I didn't wear my stuff out. And I felt like I had really, really good braking all the way to the last corner of the last lap. You could feel the brakes getting a little soft, but I had enough brake to still come home and, and run well. Yeah, Daniel, you're, you're a driving instructor and coach. I mean, being self-critical has to be part of your job and knowing your strengths is part of probably what makes you a good coach. And it, on that side of it, it has to be pretty gratifying kind of imparting your wisdom and skill into your students and, and seeing them come along and then maybe even, yeah, eventually competing with them and seeing, uh, 
if the student uh, schools the teacher or not. Hopefully not, but <laughs> you know what? It, uh, there, there are so many people, so many kids that I've coached over the years that would make me look silly on a racetrack. And you know, you just kind of guide them in the right, the right way, and you kind of you teach them the mistakes you made when you were younger and how yeah. to avoid those. And they, they get a you know a really good head start on on their career. And and again, a lot of them have only grown up on oval tracks and. I, I grew up on oval tracks and made the transition mm-hmm. to road course racing with the help of Robin Buck and, and guys that I've worked for over the years and has been my mentor. And actually Robin, I have to give him a big shout out. Uh, he was there at the Indy with me the whole weekend and nice. spent a ridiculous amount of time just, just chatting with me. And, and Robin mostly was just there building my confidence saying you're fine you don't you don't have to worry don't worry you're going to be fine like you know what you're doing so coaching the coach uh, yeah having a guy like that essentially coaching me the whole time made a huge difference in my confidence out there but yeah seeing these kids progress and come up it's unbelievable the talent they have and yeah uh, yeah, they'd kick my butt out there no problem some of those kids (laughs) I love how you touched on that, though, the mental game. It, it, it helps having someone in your ear, like, pumping you up and be like, yeah, you're gaining or, like, this is where you're good and keep digging there or whatever. It's got to help kind of pump you up when you're in the office working. Yeah, absolutely. The mental game is one of the biggest parts of this, this sport is there's, there's so much repetition and having to hit the same mark time yeah. and time again. And if you second-guess yourself, that's a difference at 160 miles an hour. That's the difference between, you know, hitting your breaking point and being 15 feet past it just because you second, second guessed yourself. Right. One of the things that I'm very curious on Daniel is, and I know you had said that and before we wrap it up here, I'm very curious because you'd said that, you know, those, those results that you got, you weren't really happy with the finish at the end. But when you look at the season as a whole, and yes, you still have one more race to go to where you guys thought you would be. Is this season a success so far to you or is it down the middle or is it something that you really need to improve on? Um, the, it's tough to say, like, again, I'm so competitive. I just, I, I want to finish up where, where I, where I was running. Uh, mm-hmm. in both races uh, you know so for the first race we were beside tag when we ran out of fuel and we know where tag finished in that race so mm-hmm. that that's a frustrating feeling as a driver you think about that every day right it just goes through your mind and then uh, same thing with with uh, the indie you know sitting in fourth and you know staring at a top five at a track you've never been to to finish there would would have fulfilled my season goals but in a whole with our race team I I don't think we expected to run as well as we have so we have to take the positives from that and say okay we have have performance now we need to get these finishes so there is taking Mm -hmm. the positives but there's also saying let's get some finishes here maybe I need to be smarter in certain situations and and realize that you know I could see you know I got a guy aggressive guy behind me maybe move out of the way, let them go in that situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I've got to work on that part. And then the team said the same thing there. The, the joke it now is uh, don't worry. You're never going to run out of gas again because, <laughs> yeah. because 
I'll never let them live it down. They'll never, uh, they'll never let me down again. So you learn from those things. Right. But that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of the way it goes. One of the things that we are very privileged by is that MBS Motorsports, your whole team has been super friendly to us and, and you guys ran our deckle, no problem. And you even, as you said in the, our post-race interview at the Indy, um, our sticker got scuffed and uh, you did, did us very good by that and asked if we would be uh, willing to come uh, if we had any more decals for you. And uh, we were definitely, definitely on board with that. And we, we, de- I know there, there's, there's a lot of people in this series that we absolutely uh, gravitate to, but for something for a brand new team, for what you guys have done and the humbleness that you guys all have. Um, I think all we want is for more success. And um, I know you have a lot of five, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Two Bracebridge boys definitely gotta <laughs> gotta have that connection there. But if there's, uh, we're going to give you that opportunity. Um, prior to the season, we weren't able to thank your sponsors because they weren't announced yet. So yeah. let's uh, let's take the opportunity and thank who uh, who got you to the racetrack this year. Yeah. So it's as you said before. There's there's a ton of uh, ton of logos on the car, and it's kind of the way it works. Is it all stems from uh, from um, you know, the ownership group and their partnerships with, uh, people they've worked with over the years. So, you know, with Donnie Beatty, who is our, uh, you know, our head mechanic, one of the, uh, one of the owners of the team. So his garage has been, it sacrifices a lot for, for us to be able to run the race cars through there and for them to, you know, essentially shut the shop down when the car has to be ready to get to go to the track. So Beatty brothers garage out of Oshawa, they've been, instrumental uh don butt auto um as as you can see from uh most sport um when we were hit by the tow truck after the race there <laughs> yeah was a ton of damage to the back of the car i'm actually still dealing with pretty bad neck injury from from that situation and uh it, yeah stuff. but don butt auto has saved our butts by rebuilding the car repainting it redoing all the body work on it so that's been amazing for us um wrap force has done an awesome job of wrapping the car and then the design was done by darren bryan at dgd graphics so everybody seems to really love the look of the car so we've got to thank darren for that design um on that car design of my suit design of the crew shirts our logos everything went through him so we got to thank darren for for all his hard work there epic race where it gave a you know did a did a nice deal on our suit for us uh, through darren and everything so we love all that stuff. And then on the other side, um, Mimo, who is uh, one of the other owners, Dominic Scrivo, but we all call him Mimo. And I'm going to correct a few people because they keep calling him Mimo, like the fish. It's actually Mimo. <laughs> so I got to keep <laughs> people on that. Uh, but Mimo, Mimo's company, Sierra Excavating, he is pulled from so many of his business relationships with people um, to put together enough funding for us to run. So he brings on Bolton GM. Um, he's brought on Avenue Soils, he's brought on uh, ANG Roadsters, and then a ton of, of contingency sponsors that I would be here all night if I if I went through all of them. But uh, and I apologize if I've missed anybody, but there's just so many there. But between all the ownership group, they've really put that together. And then like Jeff Murphy, who's the third owner in the business, has put so much of his own time and money into this. Jeff is, you know, an executive at a company called Celestica, but he spends so much time registering the car, ordering the fuel, ordering the tires, 
making sure everything is taken care of for this whole team, even down to keep for the Toronto Indy, he put my wife and I up in the Hilton hotel down there on the Thursday, you know, we got to go for a nice dinner. He wanted me to be in the right headspace before a race and just the things like that make a huge difference. When a driver feels like he's taken care of by his mm-hmm. team and crew, he doesn't have to worry. He just has to show up and do what hopefully he does best and just perform. So I got to thank all those guys. And you know what, this weekend I got to go out and support them while they were racing at CTMP and their trucks. And I got to tell you, there's, it's like watching, uh, watching your babies grow up and, and do something <laughs> that proud those boys were wheeling their trucks around there this weekend. And I was super proud of all of them. So it's a, uh, it's a cool story and it's, uh, it's, it's just going to continue to get better. We have more and more things that are every day are popping up for the team. Um, some exciting marketing partners potentially for the future. And, and yeah, we, we pretty much get called every day about it. So it's, it's pretty cool. Good. That's a great story to have. And I I'm glad you brought up the truck thing because uh, like some of those shots from Calabogie and, and, and you guys just look like you're having a great time. Those Dennett racing fire suits are badass too, <laughs> by the way. Where'd yeah. you guys get those? I, I, I'm not sure where Donnie got those from. It was Donnie Beattie. It's his favorite movie. And he got those suits. So he gave, you know, I won the race. Good old internet. He gave me the Ricky Bobby one. And, uh, and then our sec, the second place driver, Jeff, he ended up uh, in the uh, Cal Naughton Jr. one. So it was it was a lot of fun. And we, you know what, uh, little shows like that at Calabogie make a huge difference with the morale of the team. Cause it's all about fun for that weekend. The Calabogie loved it. Jay Fredericks, who's based out of there, our crew chief owns a shop out of their power sport garage, which I have to give him a shout out. He, he brings us all in and we run the V8 thunder series there. And I'd love to get you guys up there to see it one day where it's just a bunch of TA two cars, a bunch of old stalkers. I think there's a DEI old uh, cup series car there that runs. And then Donnie's truck with, you know, an FR nine, 980 horsepower <laughs> truck series truck there. It pretty much uh, will spin the tires all the way around the track. So it's, it's just quite a show. It's not about the competitions. It's more just about hearing, hearing a motor rev at 9,500 RPM up the back straight away spinning the tires. So it's, it's pretty oh, cool. Man. Looks like a ton of fun. Daniel, thanks a lot for your time, man. Uh, I'm glad that uh, we got to uh, align our schedules and get on the same episode here with Cam. Um, yeah, Cam. Yeah, no, it's uh, we like I said, we we're extremely thankful and we absolutely love all of your team. Uh, they're like I said, some of the friendliest people in the in the garage, and we really do hope to see uh, more of you guys at the racetrack next year. Obviously, uh, I know it's a work in progress, but, uh, for what you've done in just such a short amount of time is quite remarkable. I mean, we, you mentioned earlier, we don't see stuff like this, um, happen on the regular. So it's, uh, it's, it's, and I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the, um, the autograph session in Toronto, it shows a lot about the personalities of the drivers. And then there's people that just, you want to see in this series because of how they interact with the fans Daniel Ball is somebody that we want to see in this series because some of the little, little, little fans that came up and uh, got to see you were uh, the interactions were, were just great. So um, Daniel, we wish nothing but the best at CTMP. We'll hopefully um, see you there. Not, I think our full team won't be there, but 
Um, we definitely want to, uh, to extend our, our best wishes for the rest of the season um, for you and your entire team. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you having me. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody thanks you guys all the time. But uh, sincerely, what you guys do for motorsports is very, very important. And the amount of time and effort you guys put in, you both have full-time jobs and you put this kind of effort into your hobby and your sport. It, uh, it means a lot to us as drivers because we have, you know, you've given us more of a voice and uh, a place to thank our sponsors. And, and I'm just thankful you didn't ask me about my, the pumpkin spice nickname thing tonight. So oh, we got through the whole money. damn episode. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that, uh, like I said, we can't go off and be all nice like this and then say, ask you something you didn't want us to ask you about. But I'm sorry, Daniel, you, you mentioned it. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I set myself up for that. <laughs> um, so I'll give you a quick, quick little rundown of what it is. We, the Donnie and the boys spend a lot of time in North Carolina. They have a lot of friends in Mooresville and uh, we're out for dinner with one of his friends in Mooresville. And they were kind of making fun of the fact that uh, in the group of that we have, uh, they consider me the pretty boy. And I've never been considered a pretty boy in any group I've ever run with. But I guess with this ragtag group of guys that we have uh, on this group, I guess I would be considered that. So one of the guys started calling me pumpkin spice. And then literally every shop we had, and I guess it's a little bit of red in the beard. Um, oh. Every shop we went to, we would walk into Circle Track Warehouse with Brian, uh, Brian Rogers there. And he'd say, hey, Spice, what's going on? And every, yeah. Everywhere we go, they're down at a race, and I guess they were talking to Bobby Labonte and a few of the other guys. And they'll Donnie will get text before a race saying, "Tell Pumpkin Spice good luck." So now, oh, you're branded. And yeah, you'll see my pit board now. The boys have it as a 31 pumpkin. So it's, I guess it's stuck. But uh, I guess you could be called worse. I always tell them I could be called worse by better. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We need, to get Jay, we need to get Jay and the team to uh make sure that the name is changed on the top yeah. of the car so it says pumpkin, <laughs> pumpkin spice blah at the top. I think that'll oh, I think that'll go very well, but we're gonna wrap it up. Daniel Ball, MBS Motorsports, make sure you follow them on their social media platforms. They're always updating us with how things go and make sure you catch them out September 4th at CTMP for the NASCAR Penny Series. Uh, for I guess it's the their fall race. Uh so definitely. Continue to follow them and the Stickers and Scuffs podcast all season long. We'll catch you all next week.